Hawkeye Self Storage in Danville has electricity hookups, 14-foot-tall doors, and 60-foot drive lanes, private bays, interior and exterior lighting with 24-7 access gated entry. They also feature indoor RV and boat storage with multiple locations in Danville and one in Pittsburgh. More information can be found by calling their phone number at 317-745-2700 or by going to their website, HawkeyeStorageUnits.com. This is George Thurgood. You're listening to Allen on WYRC. This is Sights and Sounds with Alan Kiger. Alan is a Hendricks County native that talks with your favorite entertainers. Sights and Sounds is sponsored by Hawkeye Storage in Danville. And now your host, Alan Kiger. This is Sights and Sounds. I'm your host, Alan Kiger. And my guest today is top fuel drag racer, Lex June. Lex, thanks for being my guest, and how's your day going? My day is going terrific. It's, uh, it's great. Living the dream. Living the dream. Okay, we're going to that here in a minute. And we'll just uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm uh, Lex June. My, uh, my normal name is Alexander, but my nickname is Lex. So uh, some people say, hey, I see Alex. Yeah, Alexander is my, my official name. Um, my wife and I moved to the USA nine years ago, and uh, we are really happy to, to be here. Where did you move from? From Amsterdam, Netherlands. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a real Dutchman. So, so how, did, how did that bring you to, to Danville, Indiana? Well, it's basically we moved to Brownsburg, and uh, so that's close by, and that's because that's where uh, drag racing is is basically uh, the home of drag racing, and that's why we are here because we are here for uh, for our beloved sport, and that's drag racing. Okay, so you moved here to drag race. Now, you obviously you've got a drag racing past over in Europe. How extensive of a past it, you know, most people I don't think just say, hey, I want to pack up and move to America and drag race. What are your, what are your credentials back in the Well, uh, basically, I, I started over 40 years ago with drag racing and I was one of the uh, pioneers. You know, I see myself a little bit as, uh, as a Don Garlitz. There was nothing there. And uh, we really needed to start from scratch. And uh, I loved American cars and that's basically where it all started. Basically, not only American cars, I loved America, but I, you know, the first time I saw an American car, I was hooked. It's, it's, it's awesome. So uh, that's where it all started. And then, um, <clears throat> you know, to figure it out yourself, it's, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a pretty uh, nice task, but uh, that's what I did. So it's, it started with a 68 Camaro I bought from a farmer somewhere. It was sitting in the grass with a straight six in it. And, there we go. We pulled the motor out, put a 454 V8 in it, which was not available in the Netherlands. So I found somebody here in the U.S. that could ship me one from a camper. And uh, that's where things started. And, uh, well, the rest is basically history. But, yeah, so I built my own motors, uh, transmissions, uh, chassis, axles, uh, uh, everything. And uh, my problem is once I start something, I always want to make it better uh, Raised the the platform to the next level. So you started off with the with the '68 Camaro, and now you're running a top fuel dragster. What did you do in between the the '68 Camaro to get to the top fuel dragster? 
well, you know, uh, you want to go faster and faster. So the first thing I did is I made the, the, the Camaro faster. And there is a moment that you basically are done with it. It cannot go any faster. It's got its limits. Uh, the cool thing, I became a European champion with that car, which I basically all built myself. But uh, once I saw funny cars, I, I was hooked and I, th I said, one day I want to drive a funny car. I think that's that's awesome. So um, there was a moment that uh, I could get my hands on a funny car and um, it had no engine in it. So what I, I did, I, I sold my Camaro, took the engine out of it and I put that in a funny car and I had it running on alcohol with an injection system on it. And there we went. So that was the next step. Now, I saw something on your Facebook page. Is that the, the Valvoline car? Was that the... No, that's uh, basically, uh, it was an, an old Trans Am, uh, probably from the U.S. Uh, might be, it was run uh, by uh, Don Pridom one day. But um, yeah, later on, I, I wanted to make the next step to a real alcohol funny car. So the, the picture you saw was my first uh, alcohol funny car. And uh, that was in 95. So uh, Beautiful car. Beautiful yeah, car. Yeah, the Daytona, it was really nice. It was all painted, no wraps, nothing. It was all real. That's the way it used to be. Yeah. You, said, you said the first time you saw an American car, you fell in love with an American car. What, what was the American car that you saw? Uh, I think it was an older Cadillac, and uh, you know the things like it had a, a, a big V8 in it. It was automatic, which was not common in, in Europe back then. Uh, it had power steering. It had uh, air conditioning. It had power windows it had you know it had all the stuff but what really amazed me was the power from those big v8s it was yeah that was what triggered me okay so you said you fell in love with america you fell in love with american cars i'm sure american tv wound up being an, an influence over there were there american movies such as american graffiti or two-lane blacktop that sparked any of your interest also yeah american graffiti i think i've seen it 20 30 times already it's it's one of the things that really stuck with me it's uh uh that was really an example and i you know that's yeah i i went back to the, the cinema every time they 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 had it on then i was there so absolutely and you know but also movies like uh hard like a wheel with shirley oh, Muldown. Great show. and uh and and there are there are some other movies that that really were about drag racing or at least about american the american way of life you know it's uh and and i was fortunate uh fortunate that we had a lot of uh, in the netherlands we had a lot of american series uh, on so you know th there was a lot to see and uh, the, the 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 good thing is that it was always in English it was the, the real language and we had just uh, subtitles so we c could read it but for for me it was pretty easy to get on speaking English because yeah it was all English you had on television okay so you've you've got a top fuel dragster you've been here in America nine years how long did it take you once you became a citizen here in the country how long did it take you to start working at getting the car and getting it up to speed and and going racing well uh, between the alcohol funny car you just talked about and 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 before we moved uh, the things uh, we went some the next thing that came around was an, an uh, a fuel funny car so a funny car that run on nitro which uh, the end of the day almost killed me. The thing uh, didn't run the way it should, and it, I had, well, I was in a bad fire, which basically I should not had survived, but I did. 
that's why uh, we always say uh, when your ticket is up it's up and uh, sometimes you're lucky you can uh, you can move on so after that we decided well you know fuel funny cars here in europe is it's just not safe enough uh, people are not up to speed to to get you out of a, a burning wreck so that's where we started running top fuel uh, dragsters and to be honest i'm not a dragster guy i like funny cars not dragsters but it is what it is right so i i learned a lot about uh, running a nitro car in in sense of in 04 uh, we rented a top fueler which uh, uh, I said, okay, that's nice, but never again. I, I, if I do this again, I want to own it because running a car for somebody else and the way it was done, uh, that's not my cup of tea. I want to win races and I don't want to be in a car that's just not, not good enough, fast enough, that's not treated well. So we found a sponsor in 05, we bought our own top fuel car and we became a FIA top fuel champion. And from that point on, thing, uh, things started progressing. Um, that's why uh, we were able to get green cards because our achievements in drag racing overall uh, the American government said well you know what that guy knows what he's doing uh, I had to put in a business plan and they looked at it and they, they asked me if you're gonna build a team here that will be with the American uh, crew I said absolutely and so we got that and then we moved here we took the race car with us but uh, yeah, we, we don't have the money to start it up right away because, you know, drag racing here, Top Fuel is, is a professional class. Top teams spend between four and six million a year. Um, so yeah, you have to start all over again. So we brought our car and everything, but we had to put it in a storage unit because we had no shop, nothing. So we started working towards getting it out and getting all the updates done because every year you got updates that need to be done, otherwise you cannot even run it. In 2018, we were able to get the car back on the track. Uh, then I had to do my licensing again, because if you don't run a top fueler or a, a funny car, uh, within two years, you're, uh, basically your license is expired and you need to go through the whole system again. So in 2018, we, bent, uh, we went back on track and in 19, we started running, doing some races. Okay, so... So you're here, you're, you're running races. Where all have you raced here in America with the top fuel car? Well, before we came here, we raced in 09 and 10. We did a couple of races that was in, uh, in Pomona, that's in uh, Los Angeles, and in uh, Las Vegas. And um, since we moved here, we've been to a couple of places. Of course, we've been here to uh, the Indianapolis, uh, the Lucas Oil Raceway, as they call it, I think. But um, we've been to Topeka, we've been to Bristol, we've been to Chicago, uh, we've been to uh, Florida, to Gainesville, uh, we've just been to Richmond, it's, uh, and, and a couple of places more. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. It's, I, I love it. Every racetrack, uh, you know, even if I've never been there, I, I've seen it on television, I've seen it, and, and it's so great to, to be there, to be part of it. What are your goals for this year, and where do you see Lex June Racing a year from now? The goals this year is uh, to keep working on the program. Uh, since last uh, season, uh, I, I decided to just run it myself. I, before that, I hired crew chiefs to run the car, which, um, <clears throat> well, did not have uh, the, the outcome I, I was looking for. And talking to a couple of good friends of us that are really high in the sport, they told us uh, 
just do it yourself. You know what you do. You you did it in Europe. Over here, it's basically easier to run it because the tracks are better and they're all basically the same. Just go in there, do it yourself. So that's what we started last year. Uh, of course, it's all about funding. At the end of the day, it's it, you know to run a car like this each to to make a run without breaking stuff. It's seven thousand dollars per run. And then you need to get your equipment there. You need to get your crew there. You need to, so the hotels, everything. So that's a lot of money. So what we do right now is we do, we try to do between seven and eight races this year. And it's more like a sort of test to get the car up to speed where hopefully we can run uh, from next year on full uh, full seasons. Okay. So $7,000 a pass. I'm trying to explain this to the to the listening audience that might not, you know, they might not know what top fuel racing is. $7,000 in a quarter mile. Well, it's a thousand foot nowadays for Well, us. okay, a thousand yeah. foot. Well, we did, the, we did the burnout first. So yeah, we'll, yeah okay. We'll, okay. We'll, we'll count it. Maybe yeah. it's a whole, whole quarter mile. But Let's do that. How many, I mean, how many of those passes can you go before, let's say you're not, you don't break anything. How many of those passes can you go before you need to, you know, change the pistons out and change the rods and, you know, how long does the crankshaft last and clutches before 7,000 becomes 10 or $15,000 run if you're still not breaking anything? Well, that's the thing, you know, it's uh, the 7,000 is basically about maintenance and, and about equipment that needs to be replaced after so many runs. But each run, the whole motor comes apart. So, um and then things are going to be checked. So the rods and the pistons are out. You put another rack in, as we call it. And then the one that comes out, it's going to be checked. And what's okay, we're going to use that again. And what's not okay, it's going to be replaced. So like bearings, basically, you can only use them one run. Uh, spark plugs, uh, we got 16 of them, one run. Oil, uh, it's uh, 16 quarts, it's one run. Um, we run on nitromethane. Uh, and, and, and barrel of nitromethane it's 42 gallons uh, we can get two runs out of it and it's uh, close to $2,000 so um, um, and the oil it's not just standard oil we, we run uh, Redline which is a really good oil but you know uh, I just bought a drum and it's sponsored but it still cost me $2,000 um, so uh, a clutch uh, we run a clutch with uh, five discs and, and, and floaters to uh, a clutch on parts cost me a thousand dollars each run uh, a blower belt is uh, five hundred dollars now we are sponsored by gates but you know still um, it's it's all there so uh, all together uh, it's a lot of parts but to be honest you know to make over 10,000 horsepower out of just a v8 because just a v8 it's like we just talked about that same like in the in the Cadillac back in the days. Now this is an, a Chrysler a Hemi, but it's still the same type of motor. Only it's beefed up a little bit so it can withstand the power. But we are just allowed to just we cannot use any exotic parts. It's just push rods. It's everything. So we need to keep it alive. Uh, but yeah, the, so there are a lot of parts going through it, and um, and uh, but you know it's still a lot of fun. Now you mentioned your wife earlier and I've, I've watched a lot of youtube videos i did my research before i had you in here and she's on the starting line making sure you're keeping your tires where you did the burnout and keeping straight what all is her role involved in this well you know when we started racing basically what she did is she backed me up she was the backup girl as they they call them uh, but um 
since we are racing here and she's more uh, committed to it and she saw I was struggling with getting the right crew um, she stepped up and uh, basically she uh, she's um, uh, and, uh, a tuner crew chief now she's the only one in any drag racing I I believe she's the only one in the world right now and I'm, I'm really proud on that and she is not she has not the role because she's my wife because that's not what this is about she she only can do it when she can do it so I, I basically trained her and she is doing it she is um, working together with me to get a tune-up in the car and, and, and to address all the things that are necessary. Most teams out there have a crew chief and an assistant crew chief. Well, that's how we work now. So that's her role. And um, uh, she's doing an awesome job. I'm really proud uh, on, on the fact that she's doing it and that we can put females in, 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 in a certain light that, you know, we got... NHRA drag racing, there are a lot of females driving. Kind of blaze, which, the, blaze the trail for yeah, female yeah. drivers. But, but, but she is doing a great job to, to, to be a, a crew chief uh, of her own and show all the, the ladies and the, and, the, and the younger girls out there that uh, if, you will, if you want to follow your dream and you go after it, it can happen. Well, listeners, uh, you just heard him say $7,000 a pass. His wife's basically the crew chief. Now, I've, I've been to races and sat up in the suites, and we do a little race pool, and you're trying to put money together for a first, second, and third, and I've, I've seen guys have to go ask their wife, I think, spend $5,000. Have you thought about maybe going into the counseling business and, you know, counseling men on how to talk their wives into letting them buy a hot rod or go drag racing? I mean, that's – you've entered a whole other realm of – well, uh, that you know, it might be. It's uh, um, it, it's a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, I, I I can see something like that. It's um, we got a great marriage just because we work together in 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 many ways, and you know, it's it. I don't even see it as a marriage. We are just uh, you know, we working on 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 all type of things together, and yeah, you know, I. I if, if you can live your life like we are doing it, it's it's a dream. It's, uh, yeah, awesome. Okay, so I've left the radio show here and stopped by your shop on the way home. I'm pulling in there, and you guys are in there working. After you've worked another job, I know this is not a hobby, but what do you and your wife do for fun outside of racing it we just had memorial day you know a few days ago what what would you guys do if you had a day off when you didn't have to go in and work on the race car well we basically work on the race program because there is <laughs> you know we need to we need to pay the bills so we both have a normal job uh, I'm, I'm driving trucks at the moment i'm a truck driver i thought you know what john four started as a truck driver um, I'm, I'm going to be a truck driver. I can do other things. That's not a problem. But being a truck driver, it gives me an opportunity to, to talk to people over the phone uh, with my headset and to get things done. Uh, Gerda is working here at the, the O'Reilly shop, shop here in Brownsburg. She's doing a tremendous job uh, being a uh, commercial uh, parts uh, pro. And, um, you know, that, that shop there, it's, it's never done as good as it's doing right now. Again, I'm really proud on what she is achieving. So now the time left, we don't have a lot of crew because you need to work with volunteers. And that's not easy nowadays. 
it's look around you the, the the normal businesses have hard times to find people to work for them it's for us it's the same and we lost a couple of good men to the big teams because the big teams that we got some more teams and and they just snatched our, our crew away so there's not a lot left so basically Gerda and I just working on the, the, the car from front to rear to get everything ready. And so there is not a lot of time left. But we have uh, also a common hobby, which is, is a little bit on, on the sidetrack right now, but I really want to go back into that, and it's horses. You know, it's, uh, we love horses. We still have one horse back in the Netherlands. Uh, so, so what kind of horses do you, do you like here? Yeah. You know, if, you had, if you had horses here in America, what... What would you want? Quarter horses, Tennessee Walkers, uh, Morgans? What? Just well, that's the thing. You know, we are not really familiar. Okay. With, because over over in Europe, we don't have all that different type of horses. We got they call it, I think, warm blood uh, horses, and uh, um, so it's more about jumping and about uh, dressage. Uh, basically, Gerda is uh, is an uh, instructor. She uh, she's a horse riding instructor. She learned me how to to ride a horse and to how to jump and uh, all those things. It's so much fun. I love horses. Yeah, well, horses it's, it's, are probably my favorite thing. And I'm used to work at a horse farm, and I I was the guy that shoveled the stuff, but um, I enjoyed it. And I'd probably still have something to do with horses, but my allergies do not allow me to. To, I can go to a horse race, but if I get near the horse, it's over. So my riding days are, are done, which is a, really a bummer. Yeah, I can see that. <sighs> yeah, that's not a that's not a fun. So what, you've been here in America nine years. What do you like about America as far as, other than we know drag racing is a little different here than it is there, what are some of the things that you found different that you like, and what are some of the things that you've found different that maybe you don't like? Foods? TV shows, you know, we don't talk politics, but politics, I don't mean we don't have to go into a, to a side, but what do, you, what do you find you like here that, and that you don't like here compared to your home country? Well, I, I think that's another show. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but the, the, the thing is this. We, because I know Gerda's thinking the same, we love everything about America. This is our home country. Uh, Gerda sometimes says, which sounds really funny, but it's it's really true. We were born in the wrong country. This is our country. Okay. So you know what, and 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 everything else, uh, it, it's okay. You got everything here. You, if you want to go to the snow, you go to the snow. If you want to go to the beach, you go to the beach. People here are awesome, and of course you can have your differences, but the freedom, and it's still here. The freedom you have here. That's the best thing ever. What we found is that a lot of Americans don't even have a passport, so they don't have a clue how it is outside the USA. And that's one of the things, you know, a lot of Americans don't really appreciate this country because they don't even know what they have. But it's it's the biggest, baddest country in the world. So that's where it starts for us. And of course, there are things going on right now that are really not good, and it really put tears in my eyes because it's it's really easy to solve. But you know what? I'm not a politic, uh, I'm not in politics, but I can see what's going on, and hopefully one day, you know, we we all go in the right direction again. Bottom line is, 
it's all about America and and that's what we are working on we Gerda and I really feel that we can help in a certain way okay is there a, is there a food you found that you like or an American TV show now that you have English that you that you like that you didn't have back well back? you know well we had we had series over there but um, yeah right now we we look Yellowstone that's that's <laughs> back to the horses it's also about horses but it's also about for us that's America you know that's that's what we recognize in that's and and yeah we can see ourselves uh, living in a ranch like they're living over there and and working with horses and everything else but it's also the, the attitude and things that are happening there that yeah that's you know but that's also possible because there's a certain freedom that you can I, I won't say can do anything you want, but the box is a lot bigger than what we are used to working in Europe. Absolutely. I remember, and I don't know what it was like in your country, but as a little kid, everybody, I mean, every boy, we all wanted to be cowboys when we were little kids. Yeah. And it was from watching shows like that, you know, the freedom and the riding and pushing the cows. and Bonanza and Rawhide. And, yeah, and, and, all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Just absolutely. Every kid wanted to be a cowboy lone ranger and um we all had our cowboy hats and our little toy guns that had little uh oh, i forget what those things were little snaps in them or whatever yeah. that cap gun that's what it was called there you go um but that that i think that's what everybody wanted to do yeah. when they were a little kid so it's one of my favorite shows also yeah. wild wild west <laughs> <laughs> that's a good show also okay so you're you're from holland there's a person that was an indiana pacer that was was from your home country named Rick Schmitz, who did quite well here in central Indiana. Um, has he had the opportunity to come to your shop? And if he hasn't, is that something you would, I mean, he's into cars. Uh, once upon a time, I knew he worked on sprint car motors. So is that something, you know, Rick, if you're listening, you know, might reach out here if, if Lex is interested in talking to you. Absolutely, I, I already tried to contact him, but it, it, it did not happen yet. But um, yeah, I know he is in cars, and I, I know I would love to meet him because I know he likes what we are doing, and uh, and you know to talk a little bit Dutch that I think he will like that as well. But yeah, I would love to meet him because uh, I, I know we are on the same page about a lot of stuff. Yeah. So Rick, if you're listening, or any of our listeners that are listening. You know, if you want to get in touch with, with Lex June, his racing's right down in Brownsburg. It's right there. I mean, there's there's all the race shops are, I don't know the name of the road that you're at, but... Northfield Drive. It's Northfield a, Drive. It's uh, John Force is there. Uh, Don Schumacher Racing is there. It's it's all in the same place. So there there's your opportunity. Uh, Lex, what are your charities here? Or is there stuff that you like to give back to back home that you support? that take your time or that you know people have asked to put stickers on your cars or something that charity wise that that is fond of your heart well there are a lot of things going on in the world which need attention you know it it, it, it can be animals it can be dogs it can be a lot of things but when we came here one thing that really struck me which i really did not realize but when we started living here is that basically america is always in some kind of war uh, which, you know, coming from Europe, you're not used to that anymore. The, we had World War II, and that was it. Now, that was really bad, of course, but 
when you walk down the street, you never run into uh, somebody that's missing a leg or, or something else. Here, you you see that. And so that really triggered me like, yeah, we always are in some kind of war and, and there we go. We can't, But we cannot do without those boys and girls because they basically protect our freedom. So <clears throat> that, that really got me. So uh, I, I was looking into that and then I, I got in contact with then I noticed that we got a lot of uh, uh, veterans that commit suicide and that's even you know I don't I, 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 we need to do something about it so that's where my focus is at the moment so I'm working with Safe22 it's an organization that tried to help veterans to, you know to, to, to keep going uh, Infinite Hero is another uh, uh, um, charity that I'm, I'm i'm really looking into so uh because it's not only that when when a veteran commits suicide that he's not there anymore but there's also a family involved so we really need to do something about that so that's one of my main causes at this moment to to work uh, with and uh, for to see what we can do so we always try to get veterans to uh, to the races we are going to to make them part of the team, to give them the adrenaline rush they're used to to see when they are in combat, and to get them out of their slump and and, and get them back on the road again. That's that's phenomenal. I, I love to hear that. Uh, my dad was a veteran. My uncles were all veterans. Uh, yeah. One of my one of my best friends in school. I won't say his last name. Randy. He just got done thirty six years in the Marine Corps and retired as a colonel. Uh, would have never figured him, and he's. He was home in the states yesterday, and he had to go put wreaths on a on a lot of people's graves that used to work underneath him. And I, I can't imagine how hard that would be to yeah. to have to do. Yeah. And and people with missing limbs and something. Thank God, I I didn't have to experience that. No, but so. without them, oh, well, without we, we them, would, we're, we're, we would not sit here. No, right. So keep that in mind. And 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 for that, yeah, it's. Uh, Again, that was an eye-opener for, for Gerda and me, and that's why we put a lot of effort in that to, to make that create awareness. Okay, I'm going to kind of go backwards here. There's a question I didn't ask you when we were talking about goals and you're winning rounds and you've got a volunteer crew. How do you train? I, I can see training volunteer people to get the car off the trailer, get it ready, get it ready to go to the racetrack, Make sure all the nuts and bolts are tight. Getting it ready for its first run. You run your first run, and now you're up. You, you've won that round, and you've got what is it? Seventy-five minutes? Ninety minutes? Well, it depends. It's between. Uh, sometimes you're live television. Sometimes they tell you to do it in forty-five minutes, but normally it will be uh, sixty to ninety minutes. But it, it can be forty-five. Yeah. Yeah. So how do, how do you train guys? To take that motor apart, put it back together. I mean, you've got your chute to pack, you've got fuel to put in the car. You're, you're going to tear the whole motor apart and put it back together. And that, how do you train people to do that and know that they're going to do a competent job of putting that back together in such a time frame that's so small and have the trust that that it's done right? Well, that is a problem, and 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 that's what we run into uh, at this moment because we got all the the cars figured out. The 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 cars is working. Now we need to get the crew uh, going. So 
but not everybody that that shows up and wants to do that is is good material because everybody loves to do it but once they find out what it is i i can tell you 75 percent is just not 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 able to do it or not even show up anymore i the last race we did in uh in in uh, in richmond in virginia uh sunday morning we were qualified for the race and we already were down on crew and two crew members did not show up they just oh. left and it's that's really tough really hard that's why i uh, know everything about the race car i can work on every piece every part i i can do anything and everything and i learned gerda a lot she can do a lot on the race car uh we can basically at the shop we do it the two of us we work we put the whole car together but the problem is like you just said when you're in racing you, you win a round or even in qualifying you want to do two qualifiers a day the car needs to come apart needs to come back together and it all needs to be done correct because one bolt that's not tight can cost cost me my life because that's what 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 it is that's the bottom line so that's 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 a lot of work so what we try to do is we try to learn them train them in the shop but the problem there is uh, in the shop and in the real world in the pits that's different so you have to go through it and see see how it how it works out and keep an eye on anything and everything uh it's done right and sometimes you need to make a decision to to skip for instance a qualifying run because we cannot just do it's it's about the quality at the end of the day not about a quantity right now so quality wise it needs to working over 10 with over 10,000 horsepower if one nut is not bolted in correct it it won't make it it, it the thing will blow apart of, of or worse so there's a lot of tension going on there uh it's a lot of work um sometimes i ask myself why why do i want to do this but the bottom line is i i know we can i know we are good in this and uh if we can find the people that have the same feel for it we will get it done that leads me to my last question if you were not doing this and you were here in america your your time's done you've retired from racing what would you want to do well a i will never retire from racing because basically uh the, the plan is to have one or two cars more and to get the the the, the younger kids out there that basically don't have the money like a lot of them have right now but are really good race car drivers so get them in the race car find the sponsorship for them and get, get them going so uh, i want race cars forever so uh, you know we're looking for that so lex june racing will be here for the next 40 years i'm not worried about that in sense of that's the plan but if we would go a different direction that what i just talked with you about then we will go into the horses well, you just you touched in on something there, bringing the younger kids on. Is that something that's in the future as, as possibly a two-car team where yeah. a younger person steps yeah. in that can... Absolutely, you yeah. Know, you can mentor yeah. and maybe, yeah. you know, a lot of times the younger people have better sponsorship opportunities or their, you know, their dad or their uncle or their grandpa has a successful that's, business that wants to make sure they're yeah. successful in their career. It, 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 that's already what we do with our crew. I, I got some kids working for me right now that have a job and they are just in their 20s that there is no other team out here that have that type of young people working on their cars. But I find the guys and the girls, don't get me wrong, because there are also girls out there that can do the job and we learn them how to do it 
And you know what? That's that's an awesome feeling. It's about giving back, right? It's the same with drivers. Yeah, you know, uh, once we get things going, the cars are driving good, and we are able to 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 buy a second car, we will start fielding that. And uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna look for uh, opportunities to have the, and it can be a, a boy or boy or a girl, doesn't matter. If we and I, I got my eye on some people already. To get them into the sport and get them growing in there and 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 make the next step because that's what drag racing needs. It, it needs young people in there. Well, you talked about your volunteer helpers. I'm 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 not going to discuss my age, but once upon a time I was young and into racing, and one of my friends and I and we couldn't figure out how to how to find our way around and didn't know there was uh, teams out there doing that. And we wound up with sprint cars and you know we were going to the races all the time i didn't even know you could buy your way into the pitch you know we just thought that was for racers and their crews and eventually we wound up over there one night and we started helping a a doctor with a sprint car and it went from there and both of us wound up working on indy cars so kids if you're listening there's opportunities out here today and we've got the internet and you've got youtube videos and so many more opportunities than when we were young um so if you're, if you're wanting to do this, you know, get a hold of Lex June and, you know, let him point you in the right direction and at least maybe school you on what there is available out there. Because we didn't know. As, as kids, we didn't know what was available. We didn't know how to. There wasn't, there, you know, your guidance counselor at school didn't say, here's what you do if you want to be a mechanic on a race car. That was not in the agenda. And here's what to do if you want to go to college. And that was your agenda at school. So, um one more question. I, sh- I Have you been to any high schools and talked to the guidance counselors? And- yeah, I've, I've been to schools, yeah, and I, 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 I did my talk over there. I, I, I just basically did a speech and, 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 and talked to the kids, you know. But there are some universities right now that they can go to and, and learn. And, 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 you know, you can go in IndyCar or you can go in NASCAR. You can go in NHRA direct racing. There are a lot of opportunities. Um, but we give them the opportunity to do it in real time. It's it's not only in in the class, but also on the track. And and again, there is that's that's a big difference. And and some of them, once they go to the track, they think um, I'm probably going to do something else because at the end of the day, it looks pretty awesome. But <laughs> being in there, it's not my cup of tea. Others are just hooked and uh, know this is what I want to uh, do. That was, so, that was me. I was hooked. So yeah, and uh, but it's hard work. You know, it's, uh, it's, uh, you go in there, it's, uh, and uh, it's like a circus. You put your tent up in a different city and you work and you've got your little barricades up and it's everything, but people throwing you peanuts. Well, yeah, well, it's more or less, but I, one guy, one one guy, (laughs) I never forget that one. He wanted to work for me. He wanted to work for me. So finally he started working for me and the first day was going and he was sitting in the corner. I think what he's doing there. So I said, "Uh, what's going on guy? He said, well, it's already, I'm here for 14 hours already. Is this normal that we work for 14 hours a day? So I started laughing at him. I said, the day is not gone yet. We are still working. And yes, it might be even more. And uh, and you know what? It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then uh, I never seen him again. So th- things like that happen. And that's okay because at least he knows now. And uh, and we move on. Yeah, we started off. We were polishing, polishing wheels and sweeping floors and cleaning the bathrooms. And then, 
you know, they start letting you do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. It sounds like you, there's more opportunity. At, well, at I, I, I give I give my my guys more opportunities right away because a it needs to be done, and b you know we can just uh, run around it. But uh, let's go through the through the initial uh, work and let's see what you can do. And uh, if you made on out of the right wood, and uh, if you can get you going. Well, Lex, we've come to the end of the interview. Tell listeners where you're going to race next, where they can find you on social media, and what to look forward to down the road. Well, it's, it's Lex June Racing or Lex June. They can find me on social media. Our website is uh, LexJuneRacing.com. So that's all pretty straightforward. Uh, we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the jazz, uh, even TikTok right now. It's uh, And that's more because there are a lot of young kids out there. So, hey, we do what we do. Yeah. Um, so the next race will be Bristol and that's Father, uh, Father Day it's in a couple of weeks that's the next uh, race we're going to do and then uh, we will for sure do the US Nationals and we, we got some other races we're looking at to go to but our next race will be Bristol okay Lex, I would like to thank you for being the guest today here on Sights and Sounds, and I wish you a successful career, successful season this year. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Sights and Sounds with Alan Kiger, sponsored by Hawkeye Storage in Danville. Join us the first Sunday of every month at 11 a.m. on WYRZ. And don't forget, if you miss a broadcast, you can hear the podcast at SightsAndSoundsPromotions.com, where Alan hangs out with music royalty. Hawkeye Self Storage in Danville has electricity hookups, 14-foot-tall doors, and 60-foot drive lanes, private bays, interior and exterior lighting with 24-7 access gated entry. They also feature indoor RV and boat storage with multiple locations in Danville and one in Pittsburgh. More information can be found by calling their phone number at 317-745-2700 or by going to their website, hawkeyestorageunits.com.